Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. The training stuff and the training stuff, you know, with, with my clients, it is a chance for them and for you and for us to check out, but be present because it totally keeps you into what you're doing, but you're in a lot of ways checking out from all the other stuff you got going on in your life because you're focusing on working out or these brain drills or eye drills and you know, so like that woman that I'm just started training that I was telling you about super stressed out. Yeah. You know, for her, when our sessions, she's like, these sessions just like fly by because I'm so like into what we're doing. Okay. And she's not thinking about all this other stuff. And she's like, I took a boxing boxing session and she's like, it felt like it lasted forever because it was like, you know, just do a bunch of stuff. There was no kind of focus on what you were doing. It was just like, go, go, go. And, but anyways, yeah. And then sleep. Um, you know, obviously very, very critical to health and, and wellness and, and fitness and performance. But then, you know, with you too, it's interesting seeing the, it's a little bit of the heart rate variability for you with the hormonal stuff, because some days, you know, you're just better able to train and your system is better able to train. So, you know, if you can be in tune with that, those are the days What's that fascinating you fascinating too is my heart rate variability is better when I sleep less. Mm. very rarely is it wow yeah, yeah and, and i i always had that theory too so there there is actually it's the dec uh two gene um which it's a very small percentage of the population it's less than like eight percent of the population but that percentage of the population that has it um does uh, can get six, uh, roughly about 6.25 hours of sleep without uh deleterious effects Whereas oh. the rest of the population needs 8.25. Yeah. Um, so oh, it's interesting. I don't know if I have that gene, but I've always suspected yeah. it because I, I like, yeah. who's always done better. Like I used my, even as a kid, when I would get too much sleep, I would complain. My dad would be like, yeah, you're sleep logged. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's interesting. Cause like for me, I'm, I'm as long as I can remember, I don't sleep more than, you know, four four hours without waking up and then I can, I can go back to sleep on and off, but right. I don't, I usually don't get more. It's like clockwork, uh, pretty much four hours. And then I wake up wow. at least more. usually yeah. like, you know, maybe pee, get a sip of water or something. Yeah. And then from that, from the, for the next four hours, it's off and on, off and on, off and on. So it's, oh, wow. it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, and I'm, I'm a night owl too. I've kind of been a night owl as long as like I can remember. And, 
you know, a lot of it is just how I've changed my schedule, but sure. definitely looked into more of circadian rhythm and, mm-hmm. you know, internal organs. And I've stopped, you know, eating earlier and giving myself more time, you know, with, cause I used to just eat and go right to bed. And yep. so, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff that just goes into what we were talking about yesterday, which is yeah. all the different facets of, you know, health and wellness, health and, wellness. and really looking, trying to look at everything. But I, I do really tried starting to try to start going to sleep earlier. Just one of the things I've learned about myself is I, I will wake up early pretty much regardless. Like I'm not one of those people who can sleep till like nine, ten o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. you know, that's, <laughs> when the sun rises, I'm up. But yeah. it's all, when you talk about circadian rhythm, this is fascinating too. I won't do well with waking up before the sunrise. Like I'm an early riser, but I'm not like yeah. a dark out. And it doesn't matter how much sleep I've gotten. It messes my hormones. Like I knew because when I was coaching at uh, CrossFit and I would do the five, the 4.30 or the 5 a.m. shifts, like it didn't matter how much sleep I actually got. The whole day I'd be in a fog. There's wow. just something about waking up and it being dark. And yeah, yeah. it did not. Well, they say, I mean, too, with the sleep stuff is that first thing in the morning is getting the sunlight in your right. eyes. Right. In, so yeah. without yeah. sunglasses so, and yeah and so waking up and that's really how we should be doing going to bed when the sun goes down waking up when the sun comes up basically yeah. but, but that's, you know yeah. obviously Modern yeah. is not always yeah i've done that i used i did that at one point actually when i went to boarding school uh-huh. before i went to boarding school i, I got sent on a wilderness program okay. and so i went out to the bend uh, desert out in oregon like we were like 50 miles north of Bend in like the middle of nowhere. And we were out there. I was out there for about a month. Just like we were in this cabin. We had to hike around. I had to do all this like basically manual labor and all this stuff. And But out there, we were going to bed when the sun was going down and getting up when the sun was coming up. And it was oh, wow. like, it was, you and know. And a difference it, in how you felt. And- I, honestly, every time I go camping, huge difference. It like totally resets me. And kind of what I found when I go camping now, it's not, you know, obviously you're camping, you're hanging out, usually by the fire, you've been whatever, but I, I go to bed much earlier when I'm camping and it's right. usually like around 11 o'clock between like 11 and midnight. And then I wake up around like seven or eight and that seems like perfect for me. It's yeah. like in an ideal world, like right. that's kind of what my body really likes. It's just yeah. as soon as I get home from camping, it's like I'm good for a couple of days, and then all of a sudden I creep back into that staying up late, getting up late kind of thing. It's, but yeah, they, and and obviously too something about being in nature and yeah, really and you're like living off well. the land, and yeah, it's definitely a very mm-hmm. different kind of lifestyle. Um, yeah. Well, this might be a really interesting segue um, since we had our technical difficulty yesterday, and we're back. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with uh i would love to get your take on covid and this is a really good segue to that because i know for me like i was getting so good at like forcing myself to go to sleep earlier um and really putting myself on a schedule and then the lockdown Mm. happened and my body decided 2 a.m was like perfect bedtime now (laughs) (laughs) i would just be like i i started just like reading everything possible um yeah you know, I, I'm a pretty avid reader and consumer of information in general. Um, you know, whether it be like videos or books or audio, whatever. But I'm I'm reading articles. You know, um, but when the lockdown happened, I like 
went into like tenfold <laughs> and yeah. I couldn't sleep because I was so wired or I just keep reading. So yeah. Well, yeah. yeah interesting with the, the COVID, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously threw everybody for a loop, right? Like in terms of just schedule the days, like, and even for me, I, I've, I've been able to maintain a little bit of normalcy. I did take a huge hit in business. Obviously they shut down the gym. Um, you know, when it was all first happening, I remember, you know, obviously social media is a big part of this, this, this girl that uh, actually Pilates instructor who I known knew from Equinox, mm-hmm. she's on Facebook, you know, the sky is falling, 2 million people are going to die. We're going to be in lockdown and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, lockdown quarantine. I'm like, that's never going to happen. Nice. And literally like two days later, it's like, you know, I go to go to the grocery store. It's a zoo at the grocery store. I can't even find a place to park. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Nice. So I'm like, I'm not even going to go. I go home. Of course, like that day or the next day, it's like, okay, lockdown, quarantine, you know, uh, two weeks to flatten the curve. And it's funny because, uh, you know, you, uh, we talked about this or, or you brought it up yesterday. I've been thinking about that since yesterday. I mean, obviously, this has been on all our minds ever since the beginning. I mean, that was March, right? So yeah. two weeks flatten the curve this is what how many months later now yeah. but yeah I mean it, it, it's like I mean there's so much to get into but in terms of like I think the scheduling and that it, it kind of threw everybody for a loop right because all of a sudden business is shut down you know you gotta stay inside we're not really going anywhere so now I, I feel like you know everybody's schedules really got turned upside down mm-hmm. and so you know for me like I said, luckily I was able to maintain a little normalcy, had still had about a handful of clients that I was like training at the park. And so I was getting out a little bit, but my days, like, you know, I, next thing I know, I, I don't really know what day it is. I was definitely like, you know, I kind of stay up late as it is, but I'm staying up later. What's funny though, what I feel like is with, with a lot of people is it kind of went in some ways, like kind of one or one or two ways you either kind of started to, to do more, read more. Like I actually started working out more, even though I wasn't going to the gym, I was like doing more in my apartment than I would normally do. Stretching more, filming videos, like yeah, reading, doing that type of stuff. And I think then, then there's the other side where I think people went just Netflix, sit on the couch, you know, just eating, you know, they call it the, the quarantine 15 or whatever people right. gain in a bunch of weight. And so, yeah, I mean the, the whole, and then I saw, so you know, I've talked to people who like her, I had a client who, um, he started staying home more and for him, this was like a great thing because now he's not, not going to the office as much. He's not stressed out. He's right. with his kid more, you know, he's at, I mean, now granted they, you know, no fault to them. He's successful, but they live in a very nice house with a pool and a yard. So not one of the worst places to be stuck. <laughs> right. But I also, too, I'm not a parent, so I don't know what it's like being stuck with your two little kids 24 hours a day either, which, uh, you know, in, in a family relationship can, can probably be difficult because I know that even as a parent and a husband and a wife and whatever, you, you're you going to need some space. But yeah. the flip side of that was not being stressed out about having to go to the office. Like his business actually didn't really suffer. And then uh-huh. there's others. You know, I had other clients who, you know, his, one of my clients, his wife is like really kind of scared of what's going on didn't want to leave their little bubble. His business is suffering. And so, you know, there's those ramifications, which then lead to, you know, in my opinion, all the other ripple effects and domino effects that I don't think we've still quite seen yet from, 
from the lockdown and, and from, you know, what the damage to the economy, obviously. And, and it's, I don't know. I, and then we can get into the whole other side of, of, of the health point of this, the health standpoint yeah. of this, right? I, I want to hear and, all of it. I'm really curious. Yeah. You're taking <laughs> on all of this. I, yeah. I, I have a little sense of some of it, but I, yeah, I'd love to hear. Well, it's to. funny because my mind is, is going like a thousand different ways because <laughs> there's so many issues with this to talk about. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, for me, from a health and fitness standpoint, from the very beginning, the guidelines in my opinion have, have not really, they've been misguided, I think. And they've been very counterintuitive. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of misinformation from what was going to happen, what did happen, how bad it is. If it's not that bad, you know, what we should actually be doing. And then obviously the collectiveness of it, the collective stress, the collective fear and worry. And then, you know, the, the other thing when it starts to come, like I touched on social media, where now it becomes this very vitriolic, like, you know, the, this thing where, where people are like taking sides and, and, and feeling, you know, so one way or the other way. And then really getting it, you know, it, it, it created this very bad, I think, uh, you know, storm of, of just personal conflict and, 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 you know, not even personal, but also with your friends or neighbors or, or on social media, because we're social creatures. Yeah. And so now it's like, okay, social distance. So you social distance, but yet we're still on social media. Everybody's yeah. giving their opinion. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's insulting each other. I mean, you know, we've, Obviously, we've, we've dealt with this on, in our opinions on on some of the social media stuff. But sure. I just think, that, like I said, I think that the, the guidelines have been very counterintuitive to what we know from a health and fitness standpoint. Telling people to stay home, to basically not go outside, yeah. to, you know, now, you know, before it wasn't wear masks. They didn't say anything about wearing masks. At first, masks weren't, we weren't supposed to wear masks. Only sick people were supposed to wear masks. Then they changed the masking. And I mean, you know, all of this stuff, like the hospitals are going to get overwhelmed. Well, the hospitals didn't get overwhelmed. Well, the death rate, two million people are going to die. Well, that didn't happen. And then, and then it, it, and then business is shut down. So now you have all the ramifications of people losing their jobs, people not having money to pay their bills, not feed their families. So now you're compounding that stress. And then on top of it, People are gaining weight because obviously they're just sitting around. They're not working out. Gyms are closed. You're not supposed to go outside. Um, we, uh, you know, like I said, the, the stress of everything is just compiling on. And then um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. There was, uh, um, oh, the, the depression and anxiety and prescription drug use and alcoholism and alcohol abuse and all of those things have gone through the roof yeah, sure. and then people weren't able to get elective procedures and not be able to go to the hospital. And then people were afraid to go to the hospital. So now I've heard, and some of this stuff, you know, that again, the misinformation has been such a problem with the CDC and the who and, and the guidelines and what's actually happening and, and what's not happening. And I've even heard that more people essentially are going to die of other issues than COVID because of, like I said, suicide, or suicide depression, 
prescription use, alcoholism, not being able to go to the doctor and get that procedure that you needed to do, or foregoing that because you're afraid to go to the hospital or somewhere because you think you're going to get COVID or whatever. So uh, it's just that there's so much, like, it's just, I don't know. Um, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Much. Very much so. And like I said, too, my mind's going a thousand miles an hour with like, all the pieces to this that were still, you know, California was one of the first states basically to lock down, right? We've had some of the strictest guidelines and, and the first to do all this stuff. And we've had some of the worst numbers, you know? So that's the thing is like, okay, you, you look at, all right, how certain states handled it and how the numbers, you know, have gotten worse. And then the media, the fear in the media has just been rampant. I mean, it, it really, and I haven't seen some of the numbers lately because honestly, I would say over the last month, I've really tried to just shut yeah. most of it off. If I see an article about it, if I see whatever, I just block it. I, I do whatever. Like I'm, I'm, I don't look at the numbers. To me, the biggest thing was the death rate. So all of a sudden they switched from, uh, you know, worrying about the, the hospitals and the death rate to yep. now it was about the case numbers. Yep. And it's like, well, wait a minute you're worried about the case numbers. And then it's like, Oh, you know, all these places, there's thousands of new cases. It's like, well, first of all, we, we started testing more, which of oh. course, if you're going to test a lot more people, you're going to get a lot more, you know, positive. You're going you're to find a lot more cases of it. My biggest concern has always been, or my things with the numbers has always been the death rate. Sure. So if the case number goes up and the death rate stays the same or drops, then that's what I'm worried about. I don't care about the case numbers. If we're testing more people, then yeah, we, we're going to find out more people probably had it, have it or have had it. That's yeah. the other issue, right? We don't know how long has it actually been around for. We don't know how many people have actually had it and, and you know, gotten over it or how many people that even now got it at some point, never went and got tested, never went to the hospital, were never even reported as a number and, you know, they recovered from it. So it just, you know, to me, it, it, it's hard to make sense of sometimes, you know, I, I've definitely tried to be more on the optimistic side, be more on the like, you know what, the, the personal responsibility side, life is full of risks, you know, at a certain point, like, you're going to have to determine what those risks are. And you're going to have to make that choice for yourself. I'm, I'm very much, you know, not to get too political, but I'm, I'm, probably more libertarian than anything. I believe in kind of personal freedom yeah. and, you know, freedom of choice and responsibility and let, let me make my decisions. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's the side of it where, you know, people argue where, where you're putting other people in danger, which is, you know, a big part of the mask debate and yeah. a big part of the asymptomatic debate, which I've seen research that says asymptomatic people really aren't spreading it. Like they said it, like they said they were, yeah, you they know, came out and said that 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 they they were wrong on that. That asymptomatic carriers don't spread it. Yeah. Right. Right. And that it well, can't be spread by aerosol. They also said that that they were wrong about that. Yeah. See, that's the other. That's my other issue. Is it droplets? Is it aerosol? You know, I've I've, I've gotten into arguments with people with the mask thing, yeah. and you know, again, going back to the mask issue, where you know, first, you know, it was they, they never said wear a mask. They even said actually don't wear a mask. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and one of my biggest problems with the mask is that it became this thing that you could just wear anything. It's like, well, wait a minute. 
So wearing a, a, a you know, a handkerchief yeah. or a cloth mask or a freaking knitted mask, like right. how does that make any sense? So again, going back to, I guess, my original point, the, the, the misinformation, the counterintuitive guidelines and all of that have just been so just misguided in my opinion and, and all over the place that it's like, well, well of course people aren't really going to know what to do. And then you're going to get people so scared that they're going to dig in and take this hardline stance that, that all of a sudden now it becomes, again, that collective fear yeah. where people are clinging onto these groups uh, to where, you know, when you start looking at, I guess, the politics of it, of they feel like they're a part of, you know, this group that is doing something for the greater good when it comes to like wearing a mask or staying home or social distancing or whatever. So now all of a sudden it becomes this like, righteousness and this this like you know morality thing that they're morally superior because they're following these guidelines and and they're doing you know what they're told and it's for the greater good and it's like well wait a minute like what does that even mean and if we're looking at the greater good a lot of people are suffering right now because of this so i don't know it, it's it's been you know it's 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 definitely been uh, trying, I feel like, on all of us. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, I'm just, I want to live my life, you know. And, and then I talk to other people. I, I talk to a good, uh, like, physical therapist friend of mine who he's, he's kind of like, well, it's really bad if you get it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, there's, there's also been plenty of cases where people get it and they don't even really get that bad. Obviously, there's people who've died from it. Sure. But then the adjustment of the death numbers, too, of, okay, well, it, did they die because it, it was complications that, you know, with other underlying conditions, or did they die specifically from the virus? Right. And so now, obviously, the number came out that people who've actually died just from the virus alone is actually very, very low. Right. Majority of people who've died have had underlying, are usually very old or, or much older, mm-hmm. and have had it one to two underlying conditions or comorbidities. So it's comorbidities. So it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I, I'm definitely, like I said, I, I don't agree with a lot of the guidelines We're yeah. social creatures. We need to be getting out. This goes back to my nervous system point yesterday. We need to be getting out in the sun. We need to be moving right now is the time that we should be looking at our nutrition, looking yep. at supplements, looking at sleep, looking at the nervous system, boosting our immune systems, there's been really, I think this could have been a really great opportunity and I'm trying to do it, but I, I feel like we've dropped the ball where it's turned into just shut in, shut down, wait for a vaccine. It's like, well, right. wait a minute. What about all the other health? We have an immune system for a reason. Right. You know, we, we evolved to battle diseases and viruses over the years and viruses and stuff are going to mutate. We're never going to get ahead of them. They're always going to mutate. But what we have to do is you know, that build up our immunity. So then you go into the argument of herd immunity, right? Um, and so then there's the question of, well, is, is that actually a thing? Does that work? Well, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, it, the, the whole point of us as a civilization over, you know, thousands and thousands of years, we've had to build our immune systems and battle these viruses and disease and bacteria and all this stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of, of what I do and what we do yeah. is help people build their immune systems, build their nervous systems, be better able to handle the stress of their environment, which means viruses and disease and 
whatever else, you know, that, that comes along. And so, you know, again, like I said, to me, it's been very misguided. I don't really agree with most of it. Um, you know, I get freaking out at the beginning and not really understanding what this is and maybe being cautious. But now that we're months, months into this and we have a lot of information then you know, sorry, go ahead. No, to your point, I think what's really interesting, I think what you were alluding to was that this could have been a really great opportunity to incentivize people to take ownership of their health. And I think that that's something particularly actually in this country. I think there's a lot of things this country does very well. I think that that's actually something this country does not do very well. Um, We have a pretty decent medical system and you know, our medical care is kind of taking care of the sick. We wait for something to go wrong. And right. we don't do a whole lot of preventative. I think it's changing. There is some, you know, the culture is changing. I think people are taking more initiative and there is more emerging. Um, I don't even want to call it alternative health, but really just, you know, uh, you know, that hybrid of personal health and preventative health um, that is taking place. But I think this was a really great opportunity to really dive into that. And, you know, the, there are people, I don't deny that the virus is real. <laughs> you know, this is my personal opinion. I don't deny that it's real. I don't deny that there are people with comorbidities or, you know, vulnerable population who, you know, may have to take more precaution and who the virus may be, you know, a greater risk for them. However, never in history have we ever quarantined the healthy and told people to shut in. And I think this was a time for people who are healthy to optimize their health or people who are borderline, you know, to say, this is a really great opportunity. Maybe I'm not working. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe some there are other stressors or, you know, stresses have either diminished or uh, they've increased, but either way, schedules have shifted. And now right. maybe there's an opportunity, it's a window for me to say, hey, what changes can I make in my lifestyle? that might, you know, behoove me in the long run and also help me build an immunity towards this virus. Because this virus is not going away. I mean, hopefully we will reach in herd immunity, you know, vaccine, whatever it is. You know, there's also all these medications that, you know, there's so much uh, politicization around, uh, but that could have possibly been treatments, you know. Um, So I think we will reach a point where the virus is not such a big concern for the majority of the population. However, that doesn't mean that it's going to be gone and that people should neglect their health regardless. So if that, right. and that boils down to, you were saying like a, you're more libertarian, you know, and I think that health is something that obviously, you know, you and I both know that there's things that are beyond people's control, but there's a lot that's within our control. And I think people don't take a lot of personal responsibility for their health and that this is a great opportunity, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree 100% that, you know, definitely well said. And, and, and I, I, I do feel like, you know, those of us in a lot of ways who, who are more optimistic, more growth mindset, more of that nature yeah. looked at them as a time to, you know, maybe do some of that and, and, and do some reflection and look at ways that that we can improve and whatever. And, 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 you know, I, I also, you know, think the flip side of that, you know, I understand some people, you know, there's probably been, you know, some very, very much, you know, or some, some very high stress and, and, and a lot more just, you know, demand put on them if they have kids and they're losing their job and stuff like that, which, you know, obviously could, could be, you know, an issue as well. But yeah, the whole, uh, you know, the, 
the whole idea of, like you said, w with how our health is in America is I feel like, you know, being in LA, we're in a little bit of a bubble where people definitely take care of themselves a lot more, you know, health, health and fitness and wellness and, and a lot of that stuff and functional medicine and holistic health and, <laughs> you know, is a lot more prevalent, but, you know, I definitely felt like the, the, again, back to my kind of original point, they, they weren't really, you know, the media, even like, you know, Fauci and some of these other doctors that are coming on, you know, it, it's, it was never really about like what we can do, you know, for ourselves as kind of individuals to help, you know, boost our immune systems and, and to help, you know, make ourselves healthier. Yeah. It, it's all been about fear and about, you know, and then obviously the, the immune system. What's that? Fear, which weakens the immune system. One hundred percent, and that goes back to stress, and that goes back to your mindset. And yes, and 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 that's the thing is, you know, I just posted a, a like a quote yesterday. It's like thoughts. You can basically think yourself into illness or recovery. You know, so again, you know, and they've proven through meditation what we were talking about, you know, yesterday, through your mindset can totally alter your your physiology and your your chemistry and your hormones and and increase inflammation and, and increase disease and make you more susceptible, weaken your immune system and make you more susceptible to these things. And, you know, I, I, again, that, that, that talk is, is, I just feel like aside from maybe, you know, us as health people and kind of in our bubbles, I just don't feel like, you know, that, that talk has, has really been out there. And, you know, to your point too, I think this, it's here, right? It's, it's kind of here to stay. So, what, what are, what are we supposed to do? How long do you live your life like this? And like you said as well, we've never shut down like this. And, you know, one of the things that I've seen too, and, and again, maybe, you know, you've got to be careful now where we get our information because you, you see things a lot and don't know how true they are. But, you know, I was reading a thing with the tuberculosis where it was like a million and a half people died of tuberculosis yeah. and we don't, no one says a thing about that. No nope. one, no one even talks about that. And it's like, <laughs> why you know why this virus has become so politicized and so you know driven into the fear of society and, and made us you know to feel like we have to hide away and we need a vaccine and life can never be normal again right. i don't know I, you know i don't get it and i even saw a thing where it said that you know a 30 percent of people would never go to a gym again that they're what? so scared. Yeah, it was, it was percentage. Yeah, yeah. And this was like a couple months back. It was like a, a survey of I don't know how big, you know, the sample size was right. of the survey, but um, I don't remember exactly. Uh, but it was talking, it was asking people about the gym, it was kind of giving them like three choices, or four choices, like, you know, would you go back to a gym? You know, when would you feel safe going back to a gym, like something else? Would you never go to a gym again? It was like 30% of people said they would never go to a gym again. And it's like, and, and then I, I have another study and I have that saved on my phone where, and they sampled, it was like, I want to say it was like 50,000 people or something of gyms. And it was, it was like a very, very, very low percentage of people that actually got COVID from a gym, like, like 0. 0.000 something percent. It was like amazingly low. So, you know, and then that goes back to the argument too, where, you know, I'm sure you've seen it where it's like liquor stores were open. And these other things were open, but gyms are closed. So I have to tell you, I made the I made this joke to my mom because, um, you know, 
gum disease runs in my family. So I get dental cleanings very often. That's like one of the ways I stay on top of it. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I do my oral hygiene and all of that also, but I also do like more than the average, you know, cleanings, regular cleanings. And mm -hmm. I, so I had a schedule and they postponed it for months on end, right? And I kept telling yeah. my mom, I'm like, you know, I think they figure like, they were like, well, we're not essential. So we have to be shut down. I was like, I told my mom, I said, well, you know, liquor shops and donut shops are essential. So I think they figure my teeth are going to be so rotted and I'll be so drunk that I won't notice that they're falling out. And that's their life. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I had to laugh because I was just like, you know, my, my dental cleaning, you know, <laughs> to stave off disease is not essential, but liquor, donuts, really, really <laughs> essential. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like, well, just get everybody drunk and fatten them up and don't forget about the fact that, you know, they're stuck at home and they're not working. And, and I mean, to your point too, with the elective thing, you know, my dad has had to have some, my dad and my mom have both needed dental work. They've pushed them back for months and months and dental work is important. Your mouth and your teeth. It's very to your, your heart. Yeah. yeah, your dental health, oral health, yeah. If you look at the chart of your teeth and Chinese medicine and some of that, your teeth and all that correlate with all your organs, Absolutely. your heart, your lung, your, like all that. And, and I know because I've actually had some, some teeth issues as well. And, you know, that was the thing. Like I was having a major toothache. I actually ended up having to have a root canal during this. Oh, wow. And one dentist that I went to, you know, this is kind of when it first started is like, I didn't even have a mask. And he's like, well, he's like, I don't really care. But if you go other places, you're gonna need a mask. And, and then luckily, I was when I, w I went to Arizona, actually, over the summer to go camping. Right. And I saw a dentist there. And their dentist office was like, we've, we're prepared, we've been prepared for any type of COVID, HIV, whatever, we're, we're always prepared for that thing. So they're always open, they, they got me in, they dealt with me fine. It was it was great, you know, no issues. But it's it's interesting how you know those again going back to those elective procedures that a lot of people had to forego yeah. because of you know the, this whole scare of what is actually happening and how you can get it, where you're going to get it, how many people are going to die. And so you know, back to my my other point of like people suffered their their health suffered even more from that, or they died from it. They died from not being able to get. Yeah, these procedures to go to the hospital or whatever and and so you know the again I, I still don't think we've seen the ripple effect quite yet um you know they they're talking about i think it's 80 percent of like single owned restaurants or like you know like family owned restaurants are going to go out of business 80 percent is something like 50 percent of small businesses are going to close their doors for good and then you know to your point and, and what we're talking about with with you know, okay, Walmart's open, the big stores are open, but the mom and pop shops have to close. And it's like, so, you know, it, it, it just doesn't, it, none of it really has made sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me. Again, like I said, I'm willing to take the risk. I want to go back to, I want to go to the movie theater. I want to go, I want to go do things. I want to go to concerts. Like, you know, I want to live my life, but you know, it's, and I'm doing all the things that I can to help help myself with that i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm taking care of myself health-wise and boosting my immune system um but you know so so i have a question for you you said that you're you're not you're more libertarian in your beliefs uh politically 
has that always been the case or do you feel like COVID has, you know, or the reaction to COVID has in any way shaped your kind of worldview, your political views? Yeah, I mean, no, I think for the most part, like, you know, I didn't really, you know, as a kid, you just kind of know what maybe your parents were at, at some point. So <clears throat> it's funny, as a kid, my parents were Democrats. Mm -hmm. And then they switched to being Republican because they're small business owners. Mm -hmm. And so what they started seeing, you know, fiscally and, and just from a small business standpoint was, you know, just how much better essentially Republican ideals and, and, and uh, you know, legislation stuff is just better for small businesses. And so it's funny, as I, you know, moved out to California, I didn't really have much political, I, I wasn't Republican or Democrat, I really didn't even pay attention. Right. And it was kind of towards the end of Bush's second term, that I was kind of like starting to pay attention. Then when Obama came in is when I really started paying, it's because I kind of, I think got of that age anyways, where sure. politics, you start becoming more interested in politics. Right. But I feel like, you know, given kind of my history, what I did was, you know, I, I grew up in a smaller town that was definitely more conservative, not necessarily a lot of diversity. I mean, there, you know, there's, um, you know, Hispanics and Mexicans and where I'm from and not really a lot of black people, you know, not really a lot of gay people that you really like made themselves known to be gay because I think it was obviously, you know, a stigma in, in a small town like that in the eighties and nineties. And, but when I, I went to boarding school, and started being around other races and cultures and, and, and stuff like that. And then I moved out here, which is obviously, you know, very diverse, very liberal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I think where a lot of like kind of my libertarian views and, and whatever kind of formed out here and, and growing up, because I, I just look at like, again, to me, it's personal in responsibility, right? An individual kind of responsibility and individual freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you're not out harming other people, you know, with your beliefs. So you're not, you know, pushing these agendas and doing these things. Like I really kind of don't care what you do in your home. <clears throat> you know, if you want to, if you, if you're gay, if you want to, and, and honestly, I, I take this, this, this stance with drugs too. And maybe a lot of people won't agree with this, but I personally think all drugs should be legal. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they should be uh, obviously, you know, regulated to some degree. Um, I think that, you know, if, if because, you know, the drug war, the, the, you know, the drug laws, all that, that's, you know, a whole nother issue. But again, it, it, you know, there was kind of this quote and there's a few of them going around, like, you know, I'm, I'm pro second amendment, but I'm also, you know, I, I'm, I was an advocate for like medicinal marijuana and legalizing marijuana. <clears throat> I've done, you know, I've, I've, uh, uh, I've done hallucinogens in my life. Mm -hmm. I've, I've looked into those type of things. I'm also very fiscally conservative. I actually, you know, I, I grew up somewhat kind of socially conservative in terms of being like I was baptized a Catholic. I had to go to Sunday school. I had to do that. I think a lot of that kind of pushed me the other way at one point. Right. And then I kind of came back around where now, you know, I, I definitely, you know, uh, the, my spirituality and I guess my faith, like it's not quite, I'm not Catholic and, and I don't know. I'm still kind of wrestling with what I believe in terms of like God and that I do believe there is a higher power. I believe in energy and frequencies in the universe. And, and, you know, so, you know, my political beliefs, it's like, you know, if you want to get, if you're gay and you want to get married, you want to own a gun, you want to smoke weed, you want to like, I'm, I'm, I, I guess I would say I'm liberally, you know, uh, uh, 
social social liberal and and kind of fiscally conservative in a sense and but i also believe that again going back to the personal freedoms and, and personal responsibilities i don't want people or the government coming in and telling me what i can and can't do what i can and can't say when we start talking about speech you know freedom of speech um you know trying to shut people down for having different viewpoints you know i i, I i'm all for like I want people to be, we should be able to have discussions and be able to have debates. You know, I took debate in school and, and I love having, you know, I love having those debates. What I feel like now is there's no more debate anymore. Nobody, nobody wants to listen to anybody anymore. And, and everybody's so dug in, in this right or left, you know, and, and, and liberal and conservative or Republican or Democrat that a lot of times there's, <clears throat> there's no middle ground. Yeah. And I think social media has just made that way worse because, you know, when I talk to people in person, there's no way. And I've made this point, you know, on, on social media that like, if we were face to face, you wouldn't talk to me this way. Right. We, we would be having. You would, you're someone I want nothing to do with. You know? right. who, who, yeah. who does that in real life? Who, who goes into like a grocery store and called, starts calling everybody a racist and yelling at them and like, you know, only fringe people do that. And when you see videos of people doing that, you know, clearly there's something emotionally unstable about them or, or there's some issues that they need to be working through. Like most of us grounded, centered, healthy people don't act that way, you know, and are able to have civil conversations face to face and, you know, aren't, aren't getting in people's faces and screaming at them, you know, because they have a different political yeah. Well, and I, I think too, you know, that a part of, you know, that's pushed me now more towards, you know, because we're kind of having to pick sides, seeing, you know, the, the, the movement obviously that's gone on with BLM and a lot of that stuff. It's, it's definitely, you know, I, I, and I said this in the very beginning, you know, I, I support black people. I support police reform. I support protesting. That's the thing. We have a first amendment. You can protest. I don't care who protests. The, the more I have a problem is is where you start demonizing one protester over another, and and we see this a lot in the media where I feel like and again this is my somewhat subject subjective view of you know I see people who you know maybe align a little more with my like pro second Amend, second amendment people yeah. you know there there's the whole thing where they were uh, I, I can't remember what state it was but they they were protesting to to stop the lockdown and a lot of them had guns on them which is their legal right to open carry. They got demonized for that. And then you see the BLM, and, and of course, they're allowed to protest. Go to the streets, that that's fine. But when you start, you know, looting and rioting and, and you know, creating violence, and that's, kind of look, that's just like okay or, or kind of just ignored, that's where I start having a problem with this stuff. And it, it's, you know, again – I, I want people to be able to, to speak their voice. I want to hear all opinions. And I've tried to be much better at seeing the other side of things when, when right away I don't agree. I go, well, wait yeah. a minute. Let me put myself in their shoes. And I've gotten so much better at that, you know, to yeah. be able to kind of step back and go, all right, maybe I could kind of see, you know, where they have a point here. Maybe I don't necessarily agree with it, mm -hmm. you know, but I see where, hey, all right. Maybe that they feel that way given their experience, but you know, it, uh, th there comes a point now where I, I guess some of it too for me is pushback because obviously I'm a white male and and I feel like 
you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to play a victim because and I'm, I'm not a victim at all, but it's, it's kind of very funny now to me how it's like all of a sudden masculinity is toxic. You know, white, white men are basically the racist problem. And, and there's becomes this whole narrative that, you know, I, I think a lot of us, what happens is, is when you get it shoved in your face enough times and people who don't know you are calling you a racist and calling you all these things, you start to want to push back. You know, you start to want to kind of stand up for yourself. And I've always been, I've never been good with authority. That's why I think I'm libertarian as well, because I've never liked anybody telling me what to do. I got in trouble as a, in, in elementary school because I would talk back to my teachers because, you know, to me, respect is earned, not given. And if I don't care who you are, if even if you're a teacher or you're whatever you are, if you disrespect me, then I'm not going to stand for that. I'm going to push back against that. And it's gotten me into trouble before, and I, I've learned how to balance it and kind of understand the pushback and, and, and really trying to figure out, all right, when is, is it appropriate to push back? How much should you actually push back? Right. You know, but again, I guess that goes back to, you know, like I said, I've never been great with authority as a kid. So I guess as a kid, I've probably always been, you know, <laughs> make my own choices don't tell me what to do i'll suffer the consequences right well i now, think that's a huge part of the puzzle that a lot of people don't quite understand it's not just you know freedom it's that yeah i'm willing to take risks and suffer whatever the consequences of my actions are you know right. that that's the flip side of it and i think that's the part that you know people either don't understand or they don't want and that's why they choose the alternative. You know, yeah, you can be taken care of and have no freedom. You, you have no responsibility, but then you're, you're trapped. You know, you're really asleep, you know? So that's, right. uh, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, that's kind of the, the whole point with a lot of what's going on is, is nobody wants to kind of take responsibility in a, in a lot of ways for their actions. They want to blame somebody else or they want to be victims. Or, and, and there's the whole psychological aspect of that, which is, you know, what he talks about, I was mentioning the placebo effect and other things that I've seen, is this collective consciousness. If you tell a group of people enough times that they're a victim and that they're less than or they're, that they're this, then, then yeah, there's, there's a good chance that they're probably going to believe it and cultivate that attitude around this idea that they are less than or that they are a victim or that they should yeah. feel this way you know or the opposite they're going to really push back i mean i know for me personally one of the things that i hate is when people try to lump me into you know they try to shame me telling me well as a disabled person you should x y and z and i'm like right. how dare you reduce right. my value as an individual to being part of some group that you want to champion their cause right Right? That's well, there's, there's, an, there's an irony and a hypocrisy to it of people are judging other people and then telling them not to judge other people. Yep. Basically yeah. telling you that you have something, you know, that because you're this way, you know, you can't experience what I've experienced. Well, it's like, but you can't, you haven't experienced what I've experienced. So you're lessening my experiences and judging me and generalizing me because you, you're putting me, you're pigeonholing me into this group of whatever it is, yep. and you're doing the exact thing that you're telling people not to do. Right. Which, 
doesn't make sense to me. I mean, the, the irony and the hypocrisy in, in a lot of these statements and a lot of, and I, I'm, I'm bad about reading comments and going on social media and stuff. It's like, that's one thing that I, I want to work on. It's, it's not really serving me a, a good purpose mm-hmm. in, in some ways because yeah. I spend too much time doing it. And I've gotten to the point now where there's a lot of times I'll write a response and I just won't post it. I'll just write it out. And I'll be like, right, I do you know that too. Just not worth the time. Because I feel like now what, what's going to happen is most people, like, like I was saying before, there's no civil discourse. There's no conversation. You're, you, we're not really not changing people's minds. It's very rare that people go, oh, that's a great point. You know, let me look into that. When they're so hard the other way or when they're so hard-lined in their stance and their beliefs. And again, that kind of goes back to the hypocrisy of, well, if you're so open-minded and, and you're so whatever it is, then why can't you see it from my side? Why are you the one that, that has to be right all the time and I'm the one that's wrong? And it's like I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. I'm willing to, you know, and, and that's I, I think a big thing that, that I've learned as I've gotten older too and, and I try to do is if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I, I'll apologize for it or I'll, I'll admit it or I'll whatever. And I'm, I'm more than willing to try to, you know, learn from that mistake or learn from kind of, you know, where I was wrong or admit I was wrong, right. you know, and, and, and it's just, there's, there's not really a lot of that. It's, 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 you know, it's kind of unfortunate now with just, I, and I blame social media for a lot of it because people can, you know, kind of hide behind their, you know, their phone or their computer and there's no repercussions for it. So, you know, has been true for a while, but I think it's gotten worse during these past several months because people are yeah. locked down. A lot yeah. of people, you know, work environment and, you know, their routines have shifted and they, yeah. I think people are spending actually more time on social media as a way of connecting, which is a blessing and a curse because at least people are able to connect through social media, but it's right. not human interaction. You know, as you know, like the heart has an electromagnetic field. Being yep. in person with somebody is totally different than being yep. on screen you know yep. and even being on a screen like this where you can see the other person is totally different than just typing out um and you know in the beginning i thought about like it's interesting what you were saying about how you would write something and then delete it and and there's value in that and i in the beginning i thought well you know at least people are writing and they're communicating their work because that's that's kind of a lost art people really don't write much anymore you know um but it's not like real writing because people you know they're not paying attention to grammar they're they're writing like they talk and they're and they're i think they're even more unfiltered than they would be talking so all the benefits you get from writing from the written language uh you know the like text uh you kind of lose through social media so yeah well yeah and and, i mean you know that that point too it's it's also the, the ability as well to, you can kind of edit your thoughts and you can kind of, you know, the flip side of that is I think people are, are getting more <clears throat> kind of brash or brazen in some of the things that they're willing to say because of the, not even anonymity, but some of it is, but, but, yeah. you know, there's plenty of pages that, that are, you know, you, you don't know the profile, you don't know if it's real or not, because then you get into the whole thing of bots and, and, AI and, and how much this are we actually interacting with other people? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then, yeah. And then the side too of, of, 
you know, like editing and stuff. So I could definitely write something and completely edit it, change it, whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're having a conversation like this, you're not editing your conversation, right. you know, and especially if you're face to face goes back to what you said with that energy. Yeah. Now we're feeling each other's energies and frequencies. And so it adds a whole nother layer of the conversation to how you're going to react to that person and, and how that conversation is going to go. And, and to your point as well, with, with the lockdown and everything, I think on top of everybody obviously having more time, you know, I, I spoke a little bit about the collective fear and anxiety and stress where that's now compounded. And, you know, some of that I think you've definitely probably seen in some of the protesting and whatever, you know, there's a lot of pent up energy and, and that's um, definitely not an excuse in my opinion to be like, oh, well, you know, we've been locked down, perfect storm, you know, it's people are mad they're going to go out and whatever. But I, I do think we are seeing that, that energy being played out in, in a lot of different ways because of, again, the frustration, the stress and, and, and the fear, really. I think a lot of it has, has to do with fear. People are coming from an emotionally fearful place, not a place of calm, logic, you know, you know, being steadfast, being able to kind of you know, just take a breath and, and really just be not let their emotions control, you know, their responses and, and their, you know, their attitudes in a sense. Not be so reactionary. Yeah. 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 Well, what are your thoughts uh, moving forward? Like, what do you see? Yeah. In, I guess, all the arenas. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a good question because you know, like I said, you know, with the going back to the training and, and, and that whole thing, like, you know, obviously when all this happened, a lot of trainers, you know, pivoted to online, yeah. right? We, so, so we had to make do with, with what we could do. And so I definitely, you know, took some clients online um, and, and, you know, obviously the gym shut down and, and now people are fearful of coming back to the gym. And, and so, you know, you're, you're looking at, and then just the normalcy of life, right? Like I don't, I think the fear has been instilled instilled in, again, I'll go back to that 30%, right? That I, I think roughly around, not only just going to the gym, just in general, a fear of going kind of anywhere. There's, I think probably 30% is probably a conservative estimate. It might even be more than that of people that are afraid to go back to kind of any sense of normalcy you know, to go back to maybe wanting to go to a movie theater, right? Wanting to go to a concert, wanting to start living your life again, going. And, and then, you know, the, the whole thing too with, with social interaction, people are now afraid to touch each other. We're all acting like we all have leprosy, basically, when you're around people. And I, I, I have to admit, even psychologically, I've been affected where you think about touching a doorknob, you think about shaking somebody's hand. You think about being in a room with three or four people of like, you know, oh, you know, what's and, and so also think about like the the hostility and like, how are they going to react? You know, like if you're wearing a mask, you're not wearing that, how close you're standing to them. Like, does somebody want to be hugged, not be hugged? Like all, the, right. all those things that I would never have thought about before, but I'm very conscious of, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I also don't want to be cold, you know? So, right. Well, and, and I think honestly, my opinion is I, I kind of want to be more of the one that, that just goes back to like, hey, let's just live our lives. 
right. let's hug, let's do these things. You know, let's, I, I'm, I just want to, I, I want to kind of shut all that fear out. And I just want to, you know, I really kind of want to go back to just living my life again. And, and I'm getting to the point honestly now with like the masks and like going into businesses. Look, I, I, I don't wear a mask outside. I refuse to wear a mask outside. I think it's the stupidest thing. I will not wear a mask outside. The only reason I wear a mask inside of a business is out of respect of the, you know, the establishment. And because given where we're at, I don't want, you know, a bunch of Karens or a bunch of people to start getting in my face with their phone and yelling at me and creating this, this, this scene. But I'm honestly getting to the point where I'm, I'm kind of, I'm getting fed up to where I just want to start. I might, I kind of just want to start going in places without masks and just Remember. saying, you know, that's an interesting thing too, with the mask is that no, so few people, I want to say nobody, but no, so few people will acknowledge that there could be any detriment to wearing the mask, that there could be oh. health, deleterious health ramifications from wearing yeah. the mask. You know, they, they yeah. think it's like a harmless, like, like what's the big deal? It's inconvenient for you, but uh, there are, uh, right? Uh, how, do you yeah. feel that way as well? Like that there's. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you know, we, we've kind of talked about this a little bit on, on social media, yeah. but I've looked up multiple, multiple studies and I could debunk just about every mask argument there is, you know? So one of the biggest arguments is, is kind of to your point, well, you know, surgeons and nurses and whatever, they wear masks all day and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, actually they don't, they, you know, unless, you know, unless obviously a surgeon is, is in surgery, they use perfectly fitted masks. They don't reuse them. They, they use them for a minimal amount of time. Then they get a brand new one. And if it's, it's not, surgery, if it's a long surgery, they actually take breaks. Mask breaks. Yeah. 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 And, and that's the thing too. So you look at, you know, obviously they talk about, Oh, well the CO2 in the air intake. Well, first of all, it's, it's a breeding ground for bacteria. And most people, if, if you just look at, at regular people, they don't wear them right. They retouch them. They reuse them. They put them on their chin, which is one of the worst places because now you collect all that bacteria. Then you put it back on your face. Like I said, they're taking them off. They're putting them back on. And so the use of masks have, have just is grossly inappropriate for most people. They just don't know how to use them. And surgeons and hospital workers, they don't wear masks to protect themselves from viruses they wear masks not to get their bacteria into an open wound or into you know whatever they're doing and i've i've read multiple studies that have shown that that even the masks in clinical settings don't stop hospital workers from getting the flu and don't actually stop them from getting these viruses they're they're really only stopping it so their bacteria doesn't get in to the patient or or get you know, compromise their patients. It's not necessarily for them, really. And, and it so, is mostly for open wounds. That is actually right, very much right. It's not for viruses. Yeah. And not only that, then the whole argument of the micron size of the virus. The micron size of the virus is smaller than what the mask can filter. Even the best masks, it's smaller than what those masks actually filter. And again, most people aren't wearing these really great N95 fitted masks. They're wearing bandanas. Or what I have, you know, is a cloth mask. It's like a T-shirt. It's not going to do anything. And then the CDC comes out and says, with all the smoke, well, the masks aren't effective to, 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 to filter the particles of the smoke. Well, the particles of smoke are way bigger than the virus. So if the mask isn't going to help me for particles of smoke, how is it going to help me for a virus that's a fraction of the size of these smoke particles? So 
you know, that, that whole, and again, it goes back to my original point of where it was, don't wear a mask. Only sick people should be wearing masks. Healthy people don't need to wear masks. Fauci said it. The CDC said it. Then all of a sudden it turns into everyone needs to wear a mask and you can basically wear anything that you want. It's like, well, wait a minute. And I have, I have multiple studies that show that cloth masks and like handkerchiefs and one of those are, are actually not effective at all. And to your point, what they really are is a breeding ground for bacteria that can cause other issues. And then if people have asthma, if they have anxiety issues, if they have these other things with a mask, then you're compounding those things. And then I've, and I don't know how true it is because I haven't seen too many reports, but I, I you know, this is, I got to be careful because it is kind of secondhand knowledge, but I've heard people who are driving around a mask in their car passing out. I, know, I've heard this too. I have heard and, I, and I, I don't and so, have, you know, clinical studies on it, but I, I've heard it and right. I have heard it firsthand from people who work in the medical industry, you know, people who are either in the ER or ER doctors or, and I, I have heard yeah. them as well. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that's, that's the thing to me. So what you have is this, and it goes back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning. What you have is this, this whole notion that these un, unhealthy people who are a lot of them, you know, are overweight, you know, just wear a mask, stay inside. And that is going to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's not going to keep you safe. You're unhealthy as it is. You're wearing the mask wrong. You're contaminating your mask. I've seen people, I've seen videos of it. I've seen people in person with their gloves on in the store, touching things, then touching their phone, touching their mask. I, I saw a woman, she took her glove off, had her glove in her mouth and was like, had her mask down, had her glove in her mouth, was like looking at her phone. And it's like, I've, and then I've seen vi- pictures and videos of people online eating food with their gloves on. So you're touching your food and eating it with the glove that you probably touched a bunch of other stuff with. And gloves are just, are worse even. They're a breeding ground for bacteria. Yeah. So this whole, again, it goes back to kind of my original point in the beginning. The, the, the guidelines, the recommendations have been so all over the place, have been so counterintuitive to what we know from, from bacteria, from viruses, and from health and fitness. And, you know, shutting down parks, shutting down, like I go out to the ropes and rings in Santa Monica all the time. Yeah. They've been, they shut that down. You know, they open it and they shut it down. And so I, I've gone out there a couple of times and I've gotten kicked off twice now because wow. one time I, I jumped the fence and I'm working out. One time they didn't say anything. No one saw me. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago I was out there and a cop comes rolling by and he basically starts, you know, just giving me a bunch of shit. He's like, you need to get out of there. And I'm the only one in there, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, in, it's, I'm the only one in there. There's sun shining. I'm by myself working out. Yeah. And this cop comes up and starts basically harassing me telling me that it's closed. You need to get out of there. And it is funny. He's like, there's a fence up for reasons. Like, what do you think that fence is there for? I said, well, to climb. And he's like, no, he's like, you're going to get a ticket. I said, why? He's like, it's a law. I said, it's not a law. You guys, this isn't legislated law. These are actually unconstitutional mandates that, that really aren't enforceable. And that again, goes back to kind of the libertarian and, and California with Newsom and Garcetti and, don't even get me started with that, with the unilateral <laughs> actions that they've taken to just supersede what their their actual responsibility and power is. Mm-hmm. And so this cop, and, and so, you know, I, I push back a little bit, but again, you know, to my point before is 
I've learned better now of when to push, when to like push a little bit and be like, okay, that's enough. And so I pushed back a little bit. Yeah. I stayed over the fence. I was kind of giving him a little bit of shit, jump, you know, finally jumped over the fence and I'm still like, dude, how does this make sense? I said, talk to me like a human being. He kept, cause he kept re- repeating the same kind of robotic phrase. It's closed. Right. It's closed. You're going to get a ticket. It's closed for a reason. I said, why? I said, tell me how it makes sense that me working out by myself, doing handstands, whatever it is, yeah. is a problem. But yet there's homeless people doing drugs and taking craps in the street and whatever else. And so again, this just goes back to, you know, I keep kind of saying my, my original point of the guidelines and, and what they deemed essential and what they shut down and what they've kept open and what we should and shouldn't be doing is just, in, in my opinion, just nonsensical and, and just completely just ridiculous from a health and, and, you know, human standpoint of social interaction, getting sunlight, getting movement, eating well, you know, being able to interact. It, it just, I don't know, just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So you're saying that lots of, so the gyms are being shut down. A lot of people are afraid to go back. Lots of trainers are working online. What do you Mm -hmm. think the future of the health and fitness industry is going to be? Yeah, I don't know. I still feel like the people still want the one-on-one interaction. I've been hearing this argument for a while that that personal training is dead, that it's all going to be online. And, uh, you know, eventually the one-on-one training, it's not sustainable. You need to go online. You need to do all this stuff. And it's like, I don't think that's true. I think, again, going back to what we've talked about and, and one of my points is we're social by nature. We're a social creature. We want social interaction. You know, people want to, to interact with somebody and spend time. And not only that, you know, from a training standpoint, you know, it's, you can only do so much online. My online sessions are not as good as my in-person yeah, sessions. I, know. I can't touch people. I can't cue them. I can't show them as well. It, it's just, it's not really the same. And a lot of times people, they, they, they have a small space. They don't have certain equipment. They're kind of, not that you need a ton of equipment because I love body weight, but there's, there's some limits to that. So in my opinion, I think, you know, obviously the, the fitness industry has taken a huge hit you know, some gyms, you know, some of the bigger box gyms have filed for bankruptcy. I, I think, you know, a lot of these smaller gyms are unfortunately going to close and never come back. Studios have closed. But I still think that there there are people that want this interaction. There's still people that are going to be going to physical therapists and massage therapists. There's still going to be people going to personal trainers. There's still plenty of people. When we did reopen at the gym, a lot of people, I, I did a small ad on Facebook. I had a lot of people that hit me up and a lot of people that wanted to come back to the gym. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are fearful that, w- that won't come back, and that's fine. <clears throat> but I still think there's a lot of people that understand the value, want that interaction, want a space to work out, want to be able to go to the gym. And so I, I think it will come back now. I don't know, you know, to what degree, you, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to take a year or two years where, you know, and then these studios start popping up again and cycling studios start popping up more and, and, you know, but I, I, I think a lot of the bigger box gyms are going to close a lot of their doors. Um, obviously, you know, the, some of these smaller gyms that just can't afford their rent because they don't really have anybody coming in. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't see personal training as, as, 
you know, like one-on-one personal training, I don't think that's going to die out. I think that's going to continue, you know, to go forward. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I do think people, there's still a lot of people that are scared too. So. Yeah. So I want to kind of wrap it up because you've been amazing. You've given me so much time. Yeah, um, but <laughs> no, no, you've been awesome. This is such valuable information. I hope it's really uh, like useful for everybody as it's been for me and really enjoyable for me. I want you to tell people a little bit about your supplements. You, you created yeah. your own supplements, right? So yep. tell us about that and then tell us where to find you. And uh, yeah, and I'll post links too. But. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, and I appreciate, you know, the time as well. Like, obviously, I, I'm passionate about this. You know, I love to talk. Um, I definitely kind of go on these rants and tangents sometimes, and I have to kind of rein myself back in. And I do hope, you know, people find this useful, like we've talked about before. If I can inspire one person or a 1,000 people or 10,000 people, as long as, you know, hopefully this information is, has been helpful. Um, and I love talking about this with like-minded people and, and you know, someone like you with, with the good energy and, and we can kind of, you know, have these conversations and it's great for me to connect on, in, in this sense. Um, and yeah, so the supplements, uh, they spawned from a few things. One, like I had mentioned before, kind of going through my own health issues and, and I've studied nutrition for years and have some nutrition certifications and, and obviously really started looking into the gut and, and health and wellness and the immune system. And we were talking about sleep. So this is a great segue. I actually am producing my own sleep supplement, um, which I'm very, very excited about. We're, we're in, it's in production. Um, uh, I just emailed my supplement company. I'm hoping that it should be done in, in less than a month. I'm, I'm hoping we should be able to get it out in the next few weeks. Um, so the reason I started my supplement company was, was, well, a few reasons. One is because I feel like the supplement is, industry it's huge, obviously, but it's lacking. There's a lot of products out there that are crap products and that, that make a lot of claims and that there's really no regulation, as you know, in the supplement industry. The only thing really that the FDA regulates is what you can and can't say. They don't really regulate what's in the products. And so what I found is, you know, what, what happens for a lot of people is that they buy cheap, ineffective products because they're, they're looking for the, like these high milligrams and, 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 and cheap cost. Right. right. Which for me, one, you know, the milligrams, you know, just because it has more milligrams than the other supplement doesn't mean it's better. You know, right. it doesn't mean that, that it's actually effective because your body can only process so much of certain things. So yeah. I use the analogy, it's like a doctor, you know, when they prescribe you a medication, they prescribe you the, the effective dose. They don't prescribe you this huge dose because, oh, well, more is better. Let's just take more of it. That's not how it works. And so in my opinion, that's how supplements should work. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to create my own supplement company that I could control what was in it. I knew exactly what was being put in it. I could find quality ingredients. I could, I could perfect these formulas that are effective and synergistic. And what my brand is, is more of a lifestyle brand. What I'm not trying to do as a supplement company is be like your typical pre-workout bodybuilding, you know, like that, that type of supplement. What I'm trying to create is lifestyle products that help people that maybe they don't even necessarily go to a gym or they, maybe they don't even necessarily, you know, work out or whatever, but they want to live a healthier life. Right. And now with COVID, 
supplement, uh, you know, sales blew up and people are, as again, people want the quick fix. So now they're trying to find other ways. And, and I, I do think proper supplements can obviously very much boost the immune system. And when we're talking about COVID, I've seen studies that said people who have sufficient amounts of vitamin D, you know, are doing the zinc and the magnesium are much less likely to succumb from the virus or are much able to better fight the virus or recover from it. Yep. So, you know, again, I wanted to make products that are more lifestyle oriented. So what I, I started with, um, I, I had two products. I had a, a, a nootropic or a nootropic um, brain supplement. Uh, unfortunately, what happened with that was it's a really good product and I had a lot of people asking for it. Um, it expired, so we had to pull it from Amazon. I haven't been able to essentially refill the order and I'm actually tweaking the formula. Okay. But right now I have a, a bone and joint supplement. So it's a comprehensive bone and joint supplement. Awesome. Um, obviously it, it has your typical, you know, MSM chondroitin glucosamine. But what I also added was two very powerful anti-inflammatory ingredients, which are turmeric and frankincense. Right. Um, turmeric has been clinically studied for many years. It's been shown to reduce inflammation significantly better than ibuprofen. Um, and with the turmeric, what you need to do is you need to pair it with either fat or uh, pepper, black pepper fruit, or piperine, piperine. which I've done yep. as my supplement. Yep, because that boosts obviously the turmeric absorbability and gets it into yep. your system better. Um, and frankincense is another natural anti-inflammatory. Uh, I also put vitamin D in it as well because I think it's like 80% of the population, at least in America, is yeah. deficient in vitamin D. Again, people are staying inside. They're afraid to go in the sun because there's this notion that the sun is bad for you, which is not. People are, there's a genetic predisposition to uh, the absorption of vitamin D. Yep, yeah. that too, that as well, yeah. yeah. And I, so, I, I yeah. have that. I, I get lots of sun, but I'm no matter how much you supplement and how much time I spend out in the sun, like I'm always deficient. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, trust me, there is a genetic component. My sister and my mom okay. all have it. Yep. So what would what can you do then essentially what, what? I, I do supplement I just have to supplement yeah. a lot I, yeah yeah like it's not are I, you taking like a, a liquid or, or a, a capsule or yeah yeah liquid yeah I've, I've gotten into some of the liquid vitamin D on top of, of my supplement because I didn't put I didn't put want to put a lot in it's it's only twenty five micrograms which is one hundred and twenty five percent of your daily intake. Sure. Where you know a lot of these things, you know, they're they're two thousand IU's or five thousand IU's, depending well, on how efficient you are and whatever. But take more probably separately. That's exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly to me. My my bone and joint formula again is is more of a synergistic formula. It doesn't have like this huge amount of glucosamine. It it has the right amount of all these ingredients that work together. And so that's kind of the point I made is, is I feel like, unfortunately, in the supplement industry, people think they need to buy these supplements with thousands and thousands of milligrams, and which is not the case for it to be effective. So, you know, back to my point, I wanted to make a formula that I knew was effective. Um, you know, I, I kind of modeled it. I, I've done my due diligence and my research on all these things, how they work together. I've looked at other supplement companies and, and some of the products they've put out. And so one of my product is actually very similar to Thorne's product. Awesome. We use I the same, yeah, yeah, we use the same human that they use. So Thorne uses Mariva. We use Mariva as well, which is a trademark curcumin phytosome. It's 95%. It passes the blood brain barrier, you know, so I, I wanted to make sure again, 
that I'm putting out a quality, uh, effective supplement and, and a lifestyle brand. And so then that brings me to my, my second supplement now, which is a sleep supplement. So again, like we talked about before, how important sleep is, I feel like sleep is huge because most people, you know, and, and I don't know the percentage, a very high percentage of people don't get enough sleep and they don't get quality sleep. And when you start looking at health and wellness and the brain, when we talk about neurology, sleep is how your brain clears waste. It's okay. kind of the only way for the brain to recharge and kind of heal itself and clear waste. And so if you're not getting proper sleep, your brain cognitive function is going to suffer. Your, your, your hormones, cortisol, a lot of that's going to be messed up. Now, obviously, with the blue lights and the computers, we're up later. We have blue lights. We're not getting sun in our eyes. Our circadian rhythms are all off. So mm -hmm. sleep is something people are just pumping caffeine and coffee and they're stressed out all day and, and cortisol is getting all messed up. We actually need cortisol. It's just being yeah. messed up given it's you know, getting what's worse for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to make a, 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 a quality um, safe and not like a super crazy sleep supplement. I wanted to make it somewhat mellow but effective. And so it's a liquid supplement. Okay. Um, which I wanted to make, I wanted to get away from the capsules. I wanted to make something liquid so it's more absorbable. Sure. And so uh, basically what it has in is it has zinc. It has magnesium 3 and 8, which is a brain precursor magnesium because there's, there's you know, I, I think what a lot of people, you know, people may be listening to this and us realize there's different substrates of vitamins and minerals. You know, yeah. so, so vitamin B, vitamin, you know, uh, B12, zinc, magnesium, they all have different substrates and those different substrates affect the body differently. Right. And so I've researched into magnesium 3 and 8. Magnesium 3 and 8 is, is very much for the brain. It has less of a laxative effect of like a citrate um, and it still has the calming effect, but it's actually much better for the brain. So I wanted to do zinc, magnesium 3 and 8, uh, vitamin B6, which again is another relaxant and, and a uh, good for the brain. You know, a lot of people think the B vitamins are, are for energy, which they are, but that's actually more B12, mm -hmm. but they're actually really good for the brain. Right. And then the, the uh, basically the last thing that I put in it was tryptophan. And so what do you think of when you think of tryptophan? You think Thanksgiving, turkey, sleepy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In that so so that's why I put it in because everybody that I told that I put tryptophan in there, they go, oh, like turkey, like the stuff that makes you tired. So I did that for two or three reasons, really. I'll, I'll give you three reasons I did the tryptophan. Okay. One reason is kind of the marketing idea and the belief and the attitude that tryptophan is associated with turkey it, 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 and it's associated with sleep and relaxation. The other reason that I wanted to put tryptophan in is it's, it's a little more mild um, than melatonin. Right. So a lot of people, you know, in, in my opinion or not my opinion, I, I've heard. And for me, melatonin actually doesn't really work for me. Melatonin really doesn't do much for me. And the problem with melatonin is most people actually take too much melatonin. They really need a much smaller dose than what they're taking. Um, and then the other thing that I've heard with some people is some people can give them really crazy dreams. And yeah. I've actually had some people say that they can wake up groggy. 
You know? Now, don't get me wrong. Melatonin works for plenty of people and valerian root works for plenty of people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I've, I've done valerian root myself. Valerian root gave me really wild dreams. Yeah. And so I, I'm not as big of a fan of valerian root. So anyways, that's why I, I put tryptophan in because of the attitude and the belief around that, the marketing point that, hey, people, you know, they think turkey, they think sleep. And then the and then it's it's a, a milder form of kind of a sleep sedative, natural sleep sedative than what would be melatonin or valerian. Right. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for that to come out. It should come out soon. Um, we have a, one flavor right now. It's strawberry lime flavor. It tastes great. I, I, you know, I went through the sample process. They were sending me samples of dialing in the formula, dialing in the taste. It's we're, we're only using allulose and monk fruit. So your body won't, doesn't process allulose like sugar. Right. It, it, it's essentially sugar free to the point where a, a dose doesn't warrant enough that it, that it one, it, it, you're not going to absorb it like the allulose. You don't, it, it's not absorbed like glucose right. and, and there's so little in it that it's, that it's, you know, it, it, it would be technically less than a gram. It's so little in it that we, we can put 0% sugar on the label, um, exactly. which is another important thing to me because how you sweeten something definitely has an effect. Sure. And, you know, so a lot of supplements now that they're, we're getting into liquid supplements and gummy supplements, mm-hmm. they're putting sugar in them. You know, so which if you're trying your to insulin, sleep, which affects your cortisol because they're inversely correlated. So yeah. exactly. And if you if you're trying to go to sleep and you eat a couple grams of sugar, yeah. well, it could it could have that effect to where it's it's not really going to be, you know, what what you want it to be. So spike the insulin kind of messes with with what you're actually trying to do. Um, so yeah. So anyways, that's uh, I'm at hftsupplements.com. Um, that's my website. We were working with a new marketing company. We were kind of rebranded. We got the new website up. Uh, I was on Am- I'm still on Amazon, um, but we're kind of shifting to more person to person. You know, I'm trying to get people to, you know, I'm set up to buy directly from my website just because Amazon has been a nightmare to work with. Um, they, they've, they've screwed us over a couple times. They've pulled our product without telling us they, they're constantly changing the rules they're constantly, you know, flagging people and shutting people down, small companies like me for absolutely no reason. And like I said, not telling us. So at one point they, they shut us down. We lost a huge ranking. We were shut down for over a month before they actually put us back up. We had to jump through all these hoops to get back up. And then what Amazon is also doing is they're coming in now and making their own supplements and undercutting everybody. They're making their own products and charging like $2 less, less than, than, you know, what, what like your popular brand would be. So I've switched over to my own website, hftsupplements.com. You know, the HFT is for hybrid fitness training, all of my supplements, you know, I have hybrid bone and joint, I have hybrid sleep. Um, and you know, again, it's their lifestyle products. They're for people who want to boost their immune system. Cause right now zinc and magnesium are very important mm-hmm. given, you know, what's going on with the virus. Sleep is very important. You know, the stuff that I have in, in my bone and joint, vitamin D is a very important, you know, the turmeric, you know, the, the joint support and even the joint support like glucosamine and some of those things, they actually help your gut and they help other things than just your joints. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, sorry for the long winded yeah. answer, Great. Uh, but quality supplements, effective supplements, wanted to make sure that, that they're made in C, you know, a, a, a good manufacturing practices factory. You know, the factories are NSF certified. 
I did my due diligence. I made sure if I'm going to, this is, this is my baby. This is a passion of mine. This is my thing. I made sure that if I'm going to do, if I do something, I want to do it right. And yeah. so, you know, that's, that's where I'm at with this. And I'm, I'm really super excited for that sleep supplement. I'll give you a bottle to try. I'll yeah, send you a bottle. I'd love it. Um, <laughs> I, I want to get into the hands of my fitness friends and, and people that I know because I really want some feedback on it. I think it will really help me too. You know, to see like I I know it works for me. I was like I said, I was getting samples and I was taking it, and uh, I really loved it. And and I've been missing it, so I've had to kind of supplement with some other stuff, you know, in in the interim. But um, yeah, I'll send you or I'll, I'll get you a bottle. You know, as soon as I get it, I'll give you a bottle to try. So, and then uh, you know, all my social media stuff is all basically hybrid fitness training. So Instagram is hybrid fitness training. My website is hybridfitnesstraining.com. My YouTube is hybrid fitness training. Uh, the only thing that's different is my Facebook page, which is hybrid fitness training LA. Um, but yeah, so. That's, yeah. Uh, so I'll post a link to that. Everybody definitely check him out. He's awesome. Cool. And he does really awesome stuff too. He's fun to watch. So thank you so much for joining. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank amazing. You. Yeah. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.